Hello and welcome everybody. This is Wildstorm Addiction, episode 51 for August 2015. I'm Ben Murphy. And I'm Joe David Solis. We are hitting our stride, everybody, again with the Trifecta Month, reviewing <laughs> yeah, three in a row. <laughs> yeah, I got my stretches in, you know, taking it easy. Nice. Don't want to pull a podcasting muscle. <laughs> <laughs> this month, we are reviewing issue number three of the new Midnighter Solo series, and just want to remind everybody that we do spoil the issue. However, it's been out on newsstands for a month, so if you haven't picked it up, go get it. This is going to become redundant, but uh, we suppose it's good to remind everybody, all the listeners, that there are no major Wildstorm news uh, postings that we've heard about. I haven't really even seen anything on Midnighter other than a couple reviews that people have done on the last issue. So, just had to remind everybody as if you were expecting any major Wildstorm news breakthroughs. Nah, nada. Well, I don't even know if they have a new round of number ones or anything coming out anytime soon. I think, I think everything that started around the time of Midnighter is probably gonna, you know, be what their their titles are for a while. Yeah, and they're doing the what October or November variants again, and I don't think Midnighter was listed to get one of those, and I forget what it was. What's the gimmick? Do you? Uh, Looney Tunes. Yeah, Looney Tunes. Yeah. That's right, Warner Brothers. Most of the bat titles will get them, I I suppose. But the exciting thing is that we do have listener mail. So one Brian Polk, thank you, sir, for sending us an email. He is from, and I'm going to give him a massive plug because he he did reach out to us. So thank you. Of 23 minutes of ska podcast. That's 23, the number two three ska s k a dot com, and you can also hit him up. On Twitter at Rad Jose. So here's his mail. Last episode, I think it was Matt who wrote in asking about Rainmaker being half sister to Threshold in Bliss, and where was that established in the Wildstorm universe? So Mr. Brian writes in, and he knows all this information. So thank you because these are very old issues. It's been a long time since I've read them, but he is able to answer your question, Matt. And this is the answer. It was established in the pages of Team 7 Dead Reckoning, where we see Stephen Callahan and his wife announce that they are pregnant. When the baby is born, the doctor tells Stephen that both his wife and baby are dead. But it's all a plot by Craven to get the gen active baby. His wife ever hears this, fakes being dead until she can grab baby Rainmaker and hightail it out there back to her family on the reservation in order to be raised. Later, we see Callahan's new family, along with his two new kids, along with his new wife. I think this was in the Gen 12 series. And yes, we see Steven bite it at the end of the beginning, at the beginning of the Gen 13 miniseries. So he's answering both of your questions, Matt. So thank you so much, (laughs) Brian. Yeah, because I... Uh, that's a long time ago. <laughs> the only thing I remember from that is Callahan dying at the beginning of the Gen 13 miniseries. But um... good stuff. So, Brian also has a question for us. So, Joe, 
if the Wildstorm universe could come back today, how would you like to see it? And also, would you like it to pick right where they left off? Or should we join a universe that has been in progress for the last several years and has built their way out of World's End and unravel the story of what happened between the end and now as the books are being published? That's oh, the million dollar question. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> you you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? <laughs> I, mean, I think we've talked about this over the last couple of months since we've gotten back, which is, you know, it's it's hard to complain about anything. And I, I talk about it. I'm going to talk, bring this up when we talk later on about some other sightings. You know, I, I just, I really enjoy what they're doing with Midnighter and the new take that they have on him. We've talked about some of the other uh, introductions that they had over the last couple of years that we did like, and some that, you know, kind of fell flat. And I think it's just, you know, we love the character so much. It's not necessarily about the universe anymore as much as we just want to see the characters that we know and love. At least that's that's where I'm at at, the, at this point. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's not the way I'm reading his question because it, it's almost like the ideal. I'm thinking the ideal situation, you know, which with the way that I, that I followed the relaunch of Valiant, honestly, at this point, I would have I would rather see that if 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 all else was aside, if they didn't belong to DC, you know, I think I think that would be the better thing to do because you know uh, that would eliminate all the the things in the past, the links to Image, um, you know, every it would just start fresh because that's the one thing with the new Valiant is that. You know, there's some characters missing in that one, you know, like Solar, Turok, Magnus, because those are all gold key characters that got sold off. Um, so for our, for Wildstorm, it would be, you know, there's no pit in Gen 13, you know, number, uh, the original miniseries. There's no young blood in the original Wildcats, you know. So all that stuff goes away. There's no Savage Drag. I mean, that was cool, obviously. I'm not saying that it wasn't. I, I enjoyed it for its time and it was perfect because it, it was, it was appropriate for back then when Image was starting and everybody was sharing books and it was cool and it was like, you know, whose character's gonna show up next? I'm just, I'm just going with what this question seems to be. You know, which is how would we do it now? And I just think there's too much baggage at this point. I think it would it would be best to start fresh if that was possible, which of course it's not. So in that, I do agree with Ben that at least we have a perfect representation of Midnighter. You know, to me, my only you know, qualm with this is that he's not with Apollo, but you know, this is just something different. You know, they uh, they wanted to explore. So that that's my stance on right. it. I don't think we're gonna ever get that perfect Valiant situation that happened just because oh, DC <laughs> owns them right now, and, and they're kind of I don't know holding them close to the chest or ignoring them all together. You decide. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just picking the cards that they that, that'll be you know most successful. Like we like we said, you know, either last episode or the before with Midnighter is a perfect choice for right now for DC, what they're trying to do, you know, um, the other characters, you know, who knows what it would take to bring them back and to make them stick. Cause that's the thing we haven't had anybody really stick. Right. <laughs> well, uh, that's all we have for news and listener mail. So I'll give it over to Joe. So midnighter number three, <laughs> Released on August the 5th, written by Steve Orlando with art by Akko, cover by art, 
Aryam Trakhavanov. <laughs> I apologize for not saying it right. With the variant cover by John Paul Leon. And what does it say? Romulo Fajardo Jr. makes the cover credits for his amazing colors in the issue. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we, we pick up where we left off last issue, which uh, Midnighter is about to go up against the villain called uh, Multiplex, who's the man with the main clones. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, apparently Midnighter's happy about this because he considers it his birthday because, you know, he's, you know, he gets to go crazy on all these clones. But before we even get to the fight, you know, we, uh, we go to a flashback of him at a bar and he, uh, he's talking to the guy from Black Al's Mass, right? That's Al, isn't it? But they're in a nightclub <laughs> now. And then, uh, you know, he's referring to him as Jason, right? Did you pick up on that? Yes. But, I mean, I know he's he's still not even sure what his real name is, but, you know, we know him as Lucas Trent, uh, you right? You know what? I think he's actually saying, like, so, Jason, what's going on there? Like, another guy that, oh. another guy that he's seeing, like another flame. Sorry. So that's the guy on the dance mm-hmm. floor. Okay. So, yeah, so, so we get... Uh, the the one thing about the style of the comics is a lot of funky cuts. They <laughs> you <are. know>? Like <laughs> you go from that to to him meeting with the um, the lady who um, the the her daughter being taken right. And uh, I love the layout of this comic so much. <laughs> uh, I love Midnighter sense. <laughs> Midi yeah, sense. that is cool. Uh, <laughs> it is it is hard to follow though you almost have to read each issue like two or three times it's it's structured kind of like a a very modern tv series where they they flash between timelines and there's just a lot going on yeah i can tell steve orlando is a, a more modern writer because of that like what you said yeah uh i think even the guy at cbr said that too it, it's like a tv series it's almost like a storyboard he said for a tv series you know for me personally uh, have you ever seen the anime um cabo bebop uh no but i know of it uh for some reason the soundtrack <laughs> plays in my head when i'm reading midnighter because it's just got this like funky fresh f- feel to it that like it's just kind of kind of hip kind of jazzy I don't know why, but that just it reminds me of that. And and yeah, all these different jump cuts like, you know, he goes after that that one guy and then the next thing, you know, he pulls a Batman where he uh <laughs> uh knocks out the guy only to bring him back to consciousness, you know, he's tied up way up high and threatening to to cut him down if he doesn't get him information. And then all this stuff about you know, they're using the little girl for the machine and uh yeah this 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 comic is one of those when this when this arc is over yeah definitely gonna have to reread it because it it jumps around a lot and it's it's fine when you're reading it's like a you know you're keeping track but then you know because he frees the girl right when he does that then we're back to now as it says and we're in the middle of a crazy (laughs) smorgasbord of panels where he's beating up uh multiplex (laughs) yep I don't know. If, I mean, it's stylistic, but it's also I don't know if it's DC's way of getting around the you know it getting too ultra violent, which is definitely the way Midnighter has shown himself to be in the past. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's gotten as far as far along as Authority, the original Authority run, ever 
was though. It's it's mm-hmm. it's getting close to that, but they're not showing quite as much as that that title ever did. It's kind of like The Walking Dead on AMC, you know, it's still a it's still a cable show and they can get away with some things, but not everything, not like HBO where you can show whatever basically. <laughs> That's kind of what I get from here. I mean, because you know the scene here when he's done multiplex, with all these bodies and blood all over the place. I mean, that's that's pretty intense for a DC comic, I think. And then you know after he rescues the girl, and I always love seeing the doors. It's just a, a nice callback to you know the original ideas. And um, then we go through this thing again with uh, him and that guy Jason. And apparently, you know them going out like a little rooftop date apparently gives him flashbacks of yet another time with him and Apollo where, where things weren't, weren't working out. I assume this was before he officially broke up with him. <laughs> uh, that was, must've been, yeah, it just says months earlier. It's hard to, it's hard to piece it together. You're right. When the first trade comes out, it will be interesting to reread through it to, to understand how all these flashbacks kind of line up. Yeah, because it's kind of it's kind of sucks because it's just, I mean it it basically just continues to solidify that that yeah it was just leading up to the breakup so it was just more it felt more in your uh, not in your face but more of uh, putting the nail in the coffin I guess you could say it's like if you were kind of hoping that maybe they would fix this anytime soon they're not going to, <laughs> um, and then you know we end with a. Uh, a cool uh, cameo uh, with Grayson and uh, Midnighter <laughs> shows up and gets him in a headlock and and, uh, and then we have it to be continued. So still haven't gone back to read the Grayson issues. So, uh, but regardless, I still enjoyed that little that little cameo there at the end with him and the setup for the next issue. So yeah, still a great title. Like I said. If I was being nitpicky, it would just be the fact that he's not with Apollo, and yeah, the action just, well, the whole story jumps around a lot, but but it'll probably it'll probably read better in trade. So it it is hard to deal with the fact that he's not with Apollo, but I think that's really freeing Orlando to do what he needs to do with the character and and just explore him a lot more. I think if he he started back on this solo title and had all the baggage that Midnighter came with originally as a character, we probably wouldn't be getting a lot of the cool things that we're seeing today. So I'm excited to see where he's going to take it. I just hope that uh, DC allows Steve Orlando and Akko to do what they need to do for as long as they need to do to see this title run and really flesh out Midnighter as a character in the DCU. Because as we've talked about before, all the titles that came and went over the last couple of years, they just never gave them the time that they needed to. And I'd hate for that to happen with Midnighter. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been watching the sales or anything, but you know, I, I don't, I don't expect it to be one of their their top sellers, but I hope it's one of their decent sellers. You know, and yeah, I can see what you're saying. I mean, I guess if I really thought back to all the appearances, even back to the old Wildstorm, you, you know, he's always been with Apollo one way or another, uh, either just as a couple or married. So, I don't think. I mean, if they ever were not together, it was just uh, a uh, a story where they were separated. By by distance, not by relationship being broken. <laughs> At least not that I remember. 
Yeah, right. And I'm really enjoying the title so far. You know, three issues in, I think we can start to, you know, really form our opinion around it as a whole. And it's, I really like the style of it. I really like the frantic pace. It's, it's a little schizophrenic at times with the timeline. I think that's the only thing that I struggle with because it, it can be a little difficult to read at time at times, at least it, it requires you to go back through it several times. And maybe that's a good thing. I'm not saying that's negative at all, but it, it's very pretty. And it's, it's, it's unique in its own way. Uh, as far as the coloring, the lettering, and, and how all the panels lay out. I, I've never seen anything quite like it in a way that's not obnoxious and just trying to be art for art's sake. Yeah, no, because, I mean, there's got to be lots of communication between, uh, you know, the writer and the artist to get all this down. Um, because it just, yeah, it's too purposeful, I guess. It is. It's very purposeful. You're right, yeah. Definitely a great collaboration. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's Midnight or 3, everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. And if you haven't got it yet, for shame. So, uh, other Wildstorm sightings and tie-ins. Crickets. <laughs> exactly, I was say. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, there isn't any, obviously. But um, I did go to the trouble of seeking out the other convergence tie-ins that we talked about. Over the last sorry. Part. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> there was Aquaman, which had Deathblow in it. There was Superman, Man of Steel, that had Gen 13 in it. And then there was Batman, Shadow of the Bat, that had Wetworks in it. And honestly, I, I know you're making fun of them, Joe, but they weren't terrible, per se. I mean, it was just it was nice to see the characters. That's all I can really say. Deathblow's character, I don't know, he was written a little funny. I, I wouldn't say that it really resonated as Deathblow, but he he never yeah whatever i i enjoyed them for what they were i was like not expecting much so and yeah when you get scra- <laughs> when you get scraps from the dinner table it's hard to complain you know <laughs> it's just funny because it's it's like classic crossover like i, I don't want to say ignorance because that just sounds really really negative i, I can't even describe it. it's it's it it only happens in crossovers it's like if for some reason you know one or one character one set of characters of the other gets gets shortchanged for whatever reason you know and here it's inevitably the wallstorm characters i mean hey i don't know i mean did any of the dc characters seem off too who knows because they're just these weird little short tie-ins you know it's not like like I don't expect the Batman in that one to be the same Batman that you know Scott Snyder's writing over in his Batman title, which to me is a really great rendition of Batman. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. I could understand that. And it was during the transition of them moving from New York to California, so maybe there was some goofiness going on there as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean that'll I, I be the excuse, right? <laughs> Well, it's kind of like you were saying earlier. I mean, I guess, you know, we do have to appreciate that the characters are still being used. It's just weird how they're just getting thrown into weird little things here and there, you know. Kind of like what happened with Grifter in, in Future's End. You know, it's like he really seemed like he was going to play a big part. And then it's almost like by the time they got to the end, they forgot about him, <laughs> you know. Um, it's like Sony and Fox just holding on for dear life for Spider-Man and fantastic four they're like no we'll throw out another movie just so we can keep it yeah (laughs) sorry disney marvel 
You can't have him back. Yeah, you know, kind of a tag to um, to the question earlier. I guess if, the way that DC's going, if we were to see more Wildstorm, it's going to be, you know, with them as part of the universe. So uh, <laughs> after the botched Damonite uh, invasion, uh-huh. <laughs> remember that fiasco? Yes. That would have been a great way to to make them, you know, relevant. Uh, but I, I think you know, they, happen, I think so. they had to have changed that. No, they did. Halfway, I mean, they said, "Oh, I know they changed it," but I think they changed it just because the way that it was set up, it would have almost made the entire Wildstorm universe too powerful all at once. Yeah, well, all I read was that the at the time they were going to do the Superman titles were going to do the Hell on Earth uh, uh, story, and they didn't want to. They didn't want to deal with the Damonite story so basically that's why we got that one shot was to just clean it up and sweep it under the rug and then let everybody do what they want after that that was my understanding of it um but yeah I mean I don't know that it would have made it too powerful it just would have created I mean what's the difference you know they created this this new guy for convergence mm, that's true. Uh, you know so it's like they're creating new new threats all the time why not Show them to be a force to be reckoned with. Now they're just you're just you're just reinforcing the joke that a lot of people say that the Walsham characters are kind of like the redheaded stepchildren of the DC universe. You know, <laughs> it's like okay, y'all can come play for a little while, but not for too long, and then you're gonna go back to your room. You know, <laughs> right. uh, maybe that's anyway. why I like them because I am a redheaded stepchild. <laughs> there you go. Right. The truth comes out finally. <laughs> yep. So now I'm bald. So. Upcoming Wildstorm re- releases, I guess I should say upcoming Midnighter releases to mention. Um, we are we already covered Midnighter number four last month. Uh, that's coming out September 2nd, and that's where Grayson and Midnighter finally are reunited. Uh, Midnighter number five comes out on October 7th. We talked about that as well, and I guess that's the, the wrap-up of Grayson and Midnighter. And then the new solicit is for November 4th, and that's Midnighter number six. And that the solicit is Midnighters always lived his life believing nothing could ever hurt him. But that was before he let someone he cared about into his world. When a mysterious enemy targets the family of the man he loves, all bets are off. So no, I wonder if that's a Jason guy. Should be interesting. <laughs> and remember that all these books are available digitally, either through DC Comics website or Comicsology, day and day, every Wednesday. And Joe... I implore you, go get the Grayson trade (laughs) before you get to next month's Midnighter. It will make everything so much better for you, I swear. (laughs) All right. I was trying to wait for a sale, but it ain't going to happen anytime soon. (laughs) Uh, So, some quick uh, shout-outs. Just a reminder that the new Clark's Bar is alive and well as a Facebook group. Uh, currently with our 11 members. I was about to go check to see if we had more, but I, I lost track. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you do have to have Facebook in order to be part of it, so sorry, Ben. Yeah. But, <laughs> I'm not crying about that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, the only we don't really have too much discussion on there. The most, the the one cool thing is Joe, uh, uh, what's his name, Joe Epistopo? The one that's working on the Wildstorm um, oral history project, he comes on there and he gives he gives updates of his uh, recent interviews and stuff. So that um, that is pretty cool. Always to see what his progress is. And um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, I'll usually get some likes when I've posted the the 
the interviews. Uh, and then, like yesterday, like uh, Brett Smith posted some stuff from you know backlash from around 2003. He says, and awesome. so yeah, I mean, there's lots of there's lots of cool things um, for us fans. Oh, there's 15 members now. We've grown. <laughs> awesome, 15. Hey, that's a, that's a big jump there. 16 if we count uh, count you as being there spiritually uh, yeah. in spirit <laughs> in spirit I should say <laughs> I just need to know if there's any sightings or anything over the month over the books for the month oh uh, yeah no nobody's posted anything so usually John is, is good about that but nothing so other than that um, you can also get twice the valiant coverage now with our friends of the show from only the valiant podcast where I'm where I'm one of the the hosts and we're about to, we're getting close. We're about to hit three years on that podcast. I, w- I wasn't there the whole time, but uh, I think either next month or the month after. And you can catch that at culturalwormhole.blogspot.com. And then the only the Valiant crew is about to hit episode two hundred. Wow. Uh, so as of right now, they haven't. But I'm sure by the time we either get this out or definitely by the time we record next, they will have hit 200. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do for for episode 100. They actually got the uh, CEO of Valiant on to talk, so that was that was pretty awesome. So we're pretty weak sauce compared to <laughs> compared to those diehards. <laughs> well, they have a lot more to work with. So. <laughs> But you know, there was a time apparently that the the Valiant characters existed in a box in a courtroom, and <laughs> and Sean Dasani, who's the CEO, had to bid for him and fight to get him, and he did. And now we have the new Valiant universe. So, and our contact info: you can still contact me at twitter.com backslash Joe Davis Solis. You can look up Ben on Google Plus, or you can also follow the podcast on Twitter uh, backslash Wildstorm Addict. And you can send us listener mail. So thank you to those who have sent us listener mail. Yeah, we really it's, enjoy it. <laughs> so other than that, I don't have anything else to talk about. <laughs> what no, about you, man? That's good. That's, that's wildstormaddiction <laughs> at gmail.com. Please send oh, yeah. in questions because <laughs> we will read those and we will answer them as best we can. So thank you very much, Brian, for doing that. Um, other than that, no, I'm looking forward to Issue number four. All right, we'll see you all next month.